Hello and welcome to Digital Insights. And today I want to start off with something that's maybe a bit of a controversial statement. And that's the fact that I hate it when UI and UX designers are referred to interchangeably. To my mind, at least, they are very different roles and the clue is in the name. User interface designers design the interface, while user experience designers are concerned with the entirety of the user experience. In most cases, that experience extends beyond a single interface, encompassing many touch points, both online and off. Nowhere is this more evident than in the business to business experience. So in this particular episode, I want to explore some of the unique characteristics of B2B sales and the sales experience, and hopefully highlight how a UX designer will consider the entirety of the experience, not just the interface elements. Let's begin by exploring what makes B2B sales experiences an interesting challenge when it comes to our work as UX designers. Although one must be wary of generalizing, in many cases, B2B experiences are more complicated than B2C. This complexity is borne out of the very nature of B2B. Transactions between businesses tend to be higher value. They involve more stakeholders. They take longer. They involve more interactions between the parties. They're often more highly regulated and include more complex products and services. Take, for example, one of my personal enterprise clients that I work with as a consultant. It's not uncommon for months to pass from initially getting in contact with me to the project actually getting started. And over that time, they might have read one of my articles or heard me speak, viewed my website, reached out to me on LinkedIn, exchanged countless emails, spoke to me over Zoom, read my proposal and signed a contract. And each works together to shape the client's experience, not to mention everything I do once the project begins. While a UI designer may work on some of those touch points, a UX designer cares about all of them, how they collectively work together to shape the experience. With so many potential interactions in B2B sales, over an extended period of time, it's vital to have a clear picture of how they all fit together. And that's why customer journey mapping is so popular amongst UX designers. Even if a client commissions me to address, say, part of the B2B experience, I still favor starting with journey mapping if they haven't already done so. Understanding where a particular touch point fits into the bigger picture is essential for success. For example, I work a lot on optimizing the conversion rate of landing pages and where users have come from is a significant factor in ensuring the success of that landing page. For example, if traffic comes from ads, then those different ads will set different expectations from those people that maybe come via organic search. I care equally about what the user will do next as well. Any landing page has to prepare the user for that experience. For example, if a salesperson is going to contact every user that fills in the landing page form, then it's really important that those people expect a call. If they don't, it's going to lower the conversion rate on those calls. Understanding where in their journey a user is also helps me to tailor appropriate messaging and calls to action. Get this wrong and the experience falls apart. Mapping a journey is an excellent way of designing a sales funnel that gently nudges the user through the process without undermining the experience. Let me give you an example. Have you ever visited a website that immediately displays an overlay when you first arrive? Typically, it'll offer you a discount in return for signing up to their mailing list. 
The problem is that you haven't seen their products yet. So you don't know if you want that discount. That unsurprisingly results in poor conversion rate and a bad experience that alienates users. If they displayed that overlay for returning visitors or showed it after they have had time to look around the site a bit, it would better fit into the journey and doing so would increase conversion and leave the user feeling more positive about their experience. A journey map doesn't just show you where to place your call to action, however. It also helps you to shape the journey itself. For example, a typical B2B sales journey might look something like discovering an organizational need, researching potential suppliers that can fulfill that need, shortlisting those suppliers, picking a preferred supplier, signing contracts, and starting work. And once you understand that journey, you can start to shape the experience so that each stage is optimized, helping the user progress to the next stage in the journey. Knowing the stages in the funnel helps you to identify the appropriate touch points, messaging, and calls to action. For example, I use podcasts like this one. I also use speaking slots and blog posts to reach potential clients and hopefully demonstrate that they have a need for my skills. Now, this isn't a moment for a hard sell, but rather a chance to help them discover potential solutions to their need and make a connection with them. Often, my call to action at this early stage in the process is to encourage them to subscribe to my mailing list to get more help. And that allows me to nurture the relationship until they start looking for a potential supplier. This is because there is often a long gap between discovering that you've got a need and securing the budget required to get a supplier like myself. It would be easy for them to forget me and that would lead to a lost sale. And that brings me on to another crucial area that UX designers need to consider in a user's journey, which is the gaps in the experience. The user experience is not just about the touch points, website, email, etc., but also about the gaps between those interactions. Gaps can be caused by time passing, switching channels, changing devices, or moving between business silos. And these are dangerous moments when a customer can easily be dropped and their experience can be undermined and a sale lost. There are examples of customers falling between the gaps all the time. Every time you're put on hold while you're being transferred to another department, you've fallen into a gap. Or when you switch from your mobile device to your laptop to complete filling in a form, only to discover that all your data has been lost and you have to start again. A great UX designer will constantly be looking for these gaps to plug. For example, my banking app recently updated, so I no longer need to go through security to identify myself when I make a call via the app. After all, I've already identified myself when I logged into the app. So why do I need to do it again when I call them? That's a gap between two systems that they've now successfully plugged. But while we strive as UX designers to plug gaps and design effortless digital experiences, there's one area that we often overlook, which is human interaction. At this point, I would argue that we're maybe straying into the realm of customer experience design rather than user experience design, but it's still worth mentioning. Throughout a customer journey, especially in B2B, there are interactions that are primarily between two people rather than a human and an interface. These interactions may be using digital technology, such as a webinar or a Zoom meeting, email or chat, but they're essentially one person speaking to another. The B2B sales journey beautifully demonstrates these issues as many of those digital communications are actually between two people. As UX designers, we don't have the luxury of ignoring these interactions as they are crucial in shaping the user's experience 
and the chance of a lead converting. For example, we've all had frustrating experiences with customer support teams who have emailed or messaged us back with a stock answer that fails to really address our question. Equally, we've encountered salespeople who have pushed too hard for a sale too early in our buying journey. And of course, we've all read messages from organizations that come across as impersonal, rude, or insensitive. Technology makes these interactions feel worse as we can often not get to hear or see the person with whom we're communicating. Therefore, it falls to those of us seeking to improve the user experience to at least do something to try and mitigate these problems. That might be as simple as suggesting that your sales team download some sales coaching plan or something more ambitious like running a workshop on how to communicate online better. At this point, you might be thinking all of this is way outside your job description, but is it really? We come full circle to really where I started this episode, which is by saying that the role of a UX designer is often mistaken for simply a more senior UI designer. And it's not that. And in fact, to suggest so is insulting to those who've chosen to specialize in UI design, like in some way they're inferior. If you've been hired as a UX designer and yet spend all your time creating wireframes for websites, apps, and other interfaces, I would suggest your organization or your client are failing to utilize you to the full. I would encourage you to break out the box into which you've been put and start to look at the entirety of the end-to-end -end user experience. Only then will you really be fulfilling your role for which you were actually hired. Look, it won't happen overnight, and there will be some who would prefer to limit your role. But you can improve the user experience without considering the entirety of the journey.